June 2021. We have a full show today, so let's get right to it. First, we'll have a chance to get caught up with our sponsors, General Well Servicing, and hear a little about their newest company, Eagle Sky Ventures. Then we talk to CAOEC President and CEO Mark Schultz about the association's historical rebrand. But first, the industry update. Our industry update is brought to you by RiggerTalk. RiggerTalk is your global energy services network. Join the growing RiggerTalk community of over 380,000 energy professionals worldwide. Get pinned on the map today at RiggerTalk.com. On the drilling side, in May we saw 1,766 operating days compared with 543 in May of last year for a 225% increase year over year. Month over month, we had 1,617 operating days in April, so we're up 9% compared to last month's numbers. Active rigs for the month averaged 70, up from 15 in May of 2020, for an increase of 366% year over year and an increase of 11,000 jobs. Our registered drilling rig fleet remains at 490, and our year-over-year rig count is down 21 rigs, or 4%. Provincially, in May, Alberta averaged 64% of active rigs, BC 18%, Saskatchewan 16%, Manitoba 1%, and Ontario 1%. In May of 2020, Alberta had 76% of active rigs, BC 17%, Saskatchewan 7%. A much better provincial distribution this year on much better numbers overall. On average, over the month, 39 rigs were drilling for oil, 35 were drilling for gas, and 4 were drilling for geothermal, potash, or helium. On the service rig side, in May we had a total of 65,495 operating hours, up from 20,428 in May of 2020, or an increase of 45,067 hours, or 220%. Month over month, we had 61,333 operating hours in April, so we're up 4,162 hours, or 6%. The month-over-month working service rate count was up 43 from 386 in April to 429 in May. Year-over-year, we are up from 178 in May of 2020, or a total increase of 251 working rigs this year. The hours per working rig average is 125 in May, up 15 month-over-month, and up 70 year-over-year. Provincially, this May, Alberta saw 64% of service rig activity, Saskatchewan 28%, BC 2%, Manitoba 3%, and Ontario 2%. Last year, the provincial breakdown had Alberta at 78%, Saskatchewan at 20%, BC at 1%, and Manitoba at a half percent. According to their June 8 short-term energy outlook, the U.S. Energy Information Administration is estimating global energy consumption was flat month-over-month at 96.2 million barrels per day in May, an increase of 11.9 million barrels per day from last year, and their forecasted average global consumption level for 2021 also remains flat at 97.7 million barrels per day. EIA's 2022 forecast for Global consumption also remains relatively flat, coming in at 100,000 barrels per day, lower than last month, 
at 101.3 million. WTI pricing estimates are up month over month with a forecasted average price for 2021 of $61.85. This is up $2.94 month over month and based on rising levels of global oil consumption. EIA expects rising production will end the persistent global oil inventory draws that have occurred for much of the past year and lead to relatively balanced global oil markets in the second half of 2021. This is in stark contrast to Nine Point Partners Eric Nuttall's thesis of a multi-year bull market. Mr. Nuttall sees supply falling faster and inventories normalizing faster than originally anticipated and sees the supply side as one that will be most dramatically impacted by COVID. As OPEC brings its spare capacity back into the market, which is viewed by most as a price deflating action, Mr. Nuttall suggests the end of OPEC's capacity is when the market will see the truth of what he feels is a large supply shortfall given the underinvestment in global production over the past six years. Because of the decline of U.S. shale, there is no way to rapidly increase production, and combined with large ENPs lowering their production outlooks, the timeline for bringing additional supply online is suddenly much longer. EIA has increased their U.S. gasoline consumption forecast for the summer months by 100,000 barrels per day to 9.1 million, which also continues to be a conservative estimate based on some of the other predictions for rising consumption as COVID-related precautions continue to ease. On the natural gas side of the equation, in May, the spot price at Henry Hub averaged $2.91 per BTU, up from $2.66 last month. EIA has increased their Q3 2021 average price expectation from $2.78 in the second quarter and $3.07 for all of 2021, which is up from the 2020 average of $2.03. As of today, June 24, we are at 135 active drilling rigs, up from 64 this time last month and 19 this time last year. And that's it for the industry update. Our industry update is brought to you by RiggerTalk. RiggerTalk is your global energy services network. Join the growing RiggerTalk community of over 380,000 energy professionals worldwide. Get pinned on the map today at RiggerTalk.com. We're joined by General Well Servicing's uh, Dennis Day and uh, Eagle Skies, Derek Big Hill. Gentlemen, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having us. No problem. And did I get that correct? I guess it's my first question. Um, Derek, are you with General or are you over at Eagle Sky or how does that work? I'm with Eagle Sky, yeah. He's the president of Eagle Sky. And I'm okay. the president of General Well. Got it. So how are things going? Uh, how are activity levels right now? Are you seeing some, some work picking up here? Yeah, no, we've been picking up, you know, the... The well abandonments have been going on, and uh, the general rigs have been busy working and uh, doing even cleanouts because you know oil is seventy bucks. So a lot of oil companies are working on getting production back up, and uh, and I'll let Derek talk about the Eagle Sky rigs. Yeah, you bet. You know we're we're uh, looking at well, we're working on the site closure program right now. That seems to be going really well, actually. Um, at the very beginning, I didn't know how it was going to turn out. Uh, you know, it seemed like there was a lot of moving parts and a lot of them were uh, pretty erratic. And uh, But overall, when it came around to it and, and we got, got working on things, it seems to be going pretty good. 
So I think, uh, you know, just like what Dennis was saying, you know, the activity's picking up and in the area and we've lost so many people, you know, over uh, the last five, six years. And to get those people back, it's uh, it's going to be tough. And uh, so, but, uh, you know, I think we're, you know, from our perspective and, you know, maybe I'm speaking for myself here, but, you know, I'm a 37-year veteran in the oil and gas down here in Southeast Sask. And believe it or not, Dennis has more years than I have in that. And, you know, we're not going anywhere. And I think we're, we're, we get the luxury of, you know, maybe not picking and choosing from the people, but, the, you know, the people seeing, you know, we're here to stay. There's sustainability and long, longevity with uh, doing, uh, working with Dennis and I and, and, and our companies or whatever. So I think people see that, you know, we've had a lot of uh, out of, out of province uh, equipment come into the area and, you know, they, they always come and there's usually not people on there and, uh, you know, the same old, uh, song and dance goes with that. But I think, you know, some have came, some didn't make it and some have went back, you know, because there's starting to be more activity in Alberta. And, and I think, you know, the, the more of the local people from here, and, and that's always been the luxury of Southeast Sask. It, it's always been, uh, you know, not, not very often you have to stay in a hotel room down here in Southeast. And, you know, and I think the people that were generally work with us all the time are, are noticing that, okay, you know what, uh, we've had lots of people come through and there's been lots of uh, pie in the sky thrown out there. And, and where did that pie land? It landed upside down on the ground. And, and I think people are, are being able to see now the, uh, the, the opportunity of, uh, being with the, you know, a couple of guys like us that are here long term and, and, uh, we're not going anywhere. So I guess, uh, for a luxury for us to be able to have people see that, you know, we're here, we don't have to pick from, uh, don't have to go through resumes very often to, uh, to hire people. You know, it's usually word of mouth and people see it. And, and of course they see the, the day family here, they've, they've been here for you know twice as long as I have. And, and, uh, but I think uh, you know, people are noticing that. So, uh, actually really looking forward to growing this and, and, uh, getting a little more active with it and getting a little more active in the site closure and, uh, being a part of uh, also helping uh, the producers get their wells back online. So, Great. And can you, so just to backtrack a bit, Eagle Sky, how did it, how did it come about? Is it related to the, the closure program or, or, uh, and how many rigs and, and a little bit of background on that would be great. Actually, it, it started in my, uh, my ice fishing shack at Kenosi Lake. Uh, you know, I got an old school bus that I'd cut the back end off of. And, uh, and I knew that for sure that Dennis had never uh, ice fished before. And, and he's a hard guy to, to, to track down and get it. And I told him, well, come up to the lake to headquarters. And, uh, you know, I got something I want to run by. And we've been trying to get together for probably almost two months on that. And he was just always busy. And he said a lot of, a lot of hats he wears. And I got him up to the ice shack. And he tells me on the phone, he says, you know what? I've, I've never ice fished in my life. And I said, I know that. That's why I want you to come up here. And I said, you know what? Nobody judges us where we're at in the shack because nobody knows it's us in there. And, and it was a great day, actually, because uh, honestly, I, I don't live nearly the uh, the busy life that Dennis does but uh, you know mine's busy and stressful too and it was quite enjoyable and you know once we talked about it and and uh, and seen in it uh, maybe an opportunity to go forward and you know and, and for myself I was a drilling rig guy before and uh, Dennis was uh, he, he's, he wears lots of hats but he was always uh, into the service rigs too and and did a great job of it and you know and I'm looking at okay who do I uh, who do I want to be a uh, partner with in this and and of course Dennis's name uh, rolls right to the top of that because we have we've had a great relationship our our entire careers and not only were we buddies but we worked together lots and uh, and uh, had some dealings together over time and uh, it looked like a perfect fit so I think once we got the you know we didn't catch any fish that day but you know what we started Eagle Sky and I think that's going to be a, 
a historic, better than a fish story, to be honest with you. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's good for us. It's good for our indigenous, uh, components that we have with our, with our company and, uh, with our shareholders too. And, and it's, uh, yeah, I'll tell you what, it's going great so far. I'm very happy. And yeah, well, we were excited to, uh, to have a new well servicing member. I'll tell you, especially, uh, at these times when you think you'd be losing members, it was fantastic to see, uh, Eagle Sky come about. So we're talking about manpower and that is going to be a huge issue, uh, you know, as we come out of, of uh, break up into summer and then into Q4, Q1. So what, what are your thoughts, guys? What's the labor situation like right now? Um, and what do you foresee happening as things start to get busier? Like Derek said, you know, we're local guys. Everybody knows us in the country. And so that's, you know, his two sons work on the rigs. My boys work on the rigs. They got lots of buddies around. So that's how we've been recruiting. But you know, talking with the other guys, it, it it's it's definitely a struggle already. So, you know, it's, it, is it going to get better? I don't think so. It's going to get worse. So, you know, and you can find qualified and good people that can work, you, you know, you got to try hiring them as quick as you can and keep them working. I'm just hoping that you know, producers and, and the people that we work for understand and, and can see that, that, you know, we're we're sticking it out here and we're, we're doing our best to try and keep the businesses here. So, you know, they don't have to get hung with higher rates from coming out of province like it was actually 25 years ago. You know, everything used to come. There was no services. Actually, Dennis's uh, family and, and maybe a few other families down here were the only companies that actually supplied a service that didn't come out of Medicine Hat or Red Deer. And uh, that's changed now. And, but if we don't start, uh, you know, I think if uh, you know people can see it, that there's an advantage of using local services. I think that's where, you know, it's going to come back to the to, to uh the site of uh, it, it works out better that way and uh, using local people. So that's what we're, that's what we're banking on, I guess. All right. Well, it sounds, it all sounds positive. Um, you know, we're talking about challenges that we haven't talked about in a long time, challenges that are occurring because of higher activity levels. So, you know, I think that's fantastic. And, uh, you know, like, like I said earlier, the fact that we've got one more service rig member is, is, uh, is excellent. We're really, happy that uh, things are going in the right direction so thank you gentlemen very much for joining us today we really appreciate the sponsorship and we appreciate your joining us to let us know what's happening out in southeast saskatchewan and uh, we wish you all the best in uh, the summer and into the fall and we'll have you back on again soon sounds good john thanks for having me General Well Servicing is a premier and proud family-run service rig contractor, serving our customer base in Southeast Saskatchewan and Southwest Manitoba since 1996. For over 25 years, we have been building one of the most efficient, hardworking, driven, and safest reputations in the area through hiring and training our best asset, our people. To learn more about General Well Servicing, Check us out online at general.fasttruckingservice.com. Welcome back to the General Well Servicing CAOEC podcast. May of 2021 was a historic time for the association as we rebranded from the CAODC to the CAOEC. And joining us to discuss that rebranding is... CAOEC president and CEO, my boss, Mark Schultz. Mark, 
thank you very much for joining us. Well, great to be back. Always a pleasure to engage the audience in uh, important industry issues. Like you said, May was a, was a big month for us. So those who aren't as close as we are or a lot of our members are would probably like to know after 72 years, what was the impetus for the name change? Can you uh, maybe backtrack a bit to the beginning? Yeah, well, I think in order to understand where we are and I think where we're going, one has to go back to the beginning of this adventure, uh, that being the CAODC, or the Canadian Association of Oil Well Drilling Contractors, which was formed back in 1949. And of course, John, uh, 49 or that decade represented a, a, a very uh, interesting time for uh, Western Canada, for Canada in particular, as we discovered oil at Leduc and what formed uh, essentially um, one of the most important uh, resources uh, within our, our, our country. Um, and at that time, oil was the predominant resource that we drilled for. And 49, 10 drilling contractors came together. They wanted to look at supporting one another and standardizing the industry and, and collaborating uh, with each other to improve the business environment and the opportunities uh, for the sector. And of course, you know, our, in our name, it's oil well uh, drilling contractors. And, you know, in 49, natural gas was, uh, was almost a nuisance product. We would flare it. We didn't know what to do with it. We had no way, ways of transporting it effectively. And as we become more sophisticated and we were able to harness the power of natural gas, it became quite, uh, you know, Western Canada became known as a predominant gas basin and still is today. And so, but that wasn't reflected, I think, in the name, uh, oil well. And then today, and then today, if you look at just in the last probably five years, um, we have members that are drilling for geothermal, yeah, helium. There was a big find in Saskatchewan recently. Helium's going to become a, although it's not an, an, an energy gas, but it certainly is a commodity that's going to um, be valuable in the future. Hydrogen, uh, leading and cutting edge of hydrogen. We're going to be drilling. Uh, for blue hydrogen from natural gas. Uh, potash is going to be a, 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 a continue to be a resource that we drill for. And so, uh, and then of course LNG. And LNG, um, as we talk about things like climate change and, and uh, the energy transition, natural gas is going to be a big component. So we started to think about our, our history, where we are today, and where we're going. And in 2020 in May, ended up doing a strategic review as an organization, started a campaign called Leadership for Energy, where we started engaging energy service companies about um, whether or not there were opportunities of better collaboration to create, um, a, you know, a, a, an organization that could best advocate for the sector. Uh, 2021, we introduced our first directional drilling division, and then in May decided we needed to change our name to reflect our history, but also where all the opportunities are. And John, as you know, we are, we are energy contractors. I mean, that's what we do. We, it doesn't matter what we're drilling for, uh, whether it's gas, uh, oil, hydrogen, geothermal, we, what we do in essence is create energy. And so we are part of that energy system and energy development 
And that is what essentially went into our new name. And we're so excited about the future. We're excited about the opportunities that are ahead for our sector. And we are going to have our members back in helping them navigate through these uncertain but exciting opportunities that lie ahead. Well, 72 years is a long time. Um, the CAODC, very proud of its history over those years. Um, you know, we've got some really deep roots, uh, family businesses that have passed through many generations. So obviously not an easy decision to come to. Can you give us a bit of a feel for what some of those boardroom conversations were like? Um, how did the board, what were some of the comments maybe made by uh, member organizations as they discussed uh, the pros and cons? Maybe even, can you let us know what some of the uh, options were for names that were being passed around? Yeah, well, I mean, look, this was a year in the making. This was not an easy decision John, I mean, it was something that we wanted to get right, that we wanted to engage uh, our members on to make sure that they were part of the discussion, that they felt that they were, um, they, they had input into where this organization was going. And I would say first and foremost, we're a membership-driven organization and we take our orders and our direction from our members. And so this was a huge decision and it needed to be very thoughtfully uh, carried out. You know, one of the things I would say, you talked about history, and we, you know, we get our strength from our history and who we are as uh, an organization and as an industry sector. I grew, grew up in a, a small rural community in southern Alberta, and the, the emblem, the, the shield of the CAODC, uh, it represented effectively the service sector. It represented an identity within um, many communities in Western Canada. And that is a really hard, um, hard decision to make to move away from that. And so the process that we chose was one that was deliberate in appreciating and honoring our history as a strength but then also looking at the future and the opportunities that lie ahead. And so you'll even notice, John, like in our logo, our logo has the shield, uh, the shield of strength, of courage, determination. There's a reason why we maintained a lot of the similarities in our old logo with our, the one that we have today is because we wanted to honor those traditions because we believe that that is actually helping ground us for the new change and the new evolutions that are taking. So the board, um, there was, it was a great, it was intelligent, it was thoughtful. Um, it was, uh, you know, a very um, timely debate. Um, everyone knew what was at stake and, and why we needed to get this right. But in the end, I think we, we, we struck the right balance, John, and um, we're really excited about Obviously, our logo, I think, I mean, I'm a bit biased, but I think it's, it's the best logo out there. I know you and I had a bit of a say in how we put it together, so we're a bit biased in this, but I, I think it just is a great uh, symbol of, of strength, unity, and the opportunities for our sector going forward. Yeah, and it, it does, you know, with, with the acronym being virtually identical and, and bringing the shield in, uh, it's... Uh, definitely, in my opinion, uh, holds on to those traditions or holds on to 
some of the history of the CAODC, but then, you know, the new colors uh, representing all of the different uh, energy sources and, uh, you know, the new look and feel, uh, you know, represents the future. So I think it, uh, how's, the, how, how's the feedback been so far? I mean, have you had any comments? From what I hear, a lot of people are, uh, are quite pleased. Yeah, I think overall it's been positive, John. I think, you know, one of the important pieces of this, you know, as we kind of move forward with this new brand is making sure that we clearly understand and communicate the why. You know, why did we do this? What's what's the reason for this? And, you know, again, I'm not a big, you know, it change is important and evolving is important, but you also have to make sure that A, you've thought about it strategically as to, you know, why you've decided to make this change and really identify where you're going. And I think that's where the evolution of our association is heading is that we are going to be broadening our membership scope. We've already introduced a directional drilling division. We're already looking for other new sectors that are interested in collaborating and using the CAOEC model to help them um, add value to their sector. Um, and so, you know, we, and, and I think that kind of goes back to our strategy about um, maintaining our focus in and around the wellhead. So as we move forward, we are going to be exploring uh, organic grassroots driven uh, divisions that business leaders and, and sectors that kind of are raising their hand up and saying, hey, we want in on this because we think this is where the sector needs to go. Um, and so um, I, overall, that's, that's as we communicate that and kind of the, the efforts we're taking, the feedback from the industry, from, from government, uh, other industry stakeholders has been incredibly positive. And there's no question that there are people that are, we're concerned about abandoning our past and abandoning all the good work that we've done. But once you start explaining the process that we took, the deliberate process, and enshrining that history and leader, uh, historical leadership, uh, then people start realizing that, okay, I get it. I, I understand and, and I'm on board. Well, that's great. And so you mentioned perhaps uh, looking at other areas for core membership. Can you uh, talk about next steps there? Yeah, so we um, basically the process that we are taking the energy sector, energy services sector is we are looking for um, leaders within the sector that ha approach us to indicate interest in creating a new division. We're very, um, we're very deliberate and, and there are a number of kind of prerequisites that we need to, to have confidence in, uh, ensuring that we have enough support, sufficient support within the sector. And so we've there are some thresholds that the, each um, new sector has to kind of meet. One of them is market penetration. Like, it is so important that we have the the full breadth of the sector supporting and collaborating through the CAOEC uh, model. Um, and so as we go forward with different roundtables, um, we assess that and we get a sense from the industry to see whether this is a, a good fit for them. And we're excited about um, some of the conversations we've had. 
Um, my guess is over the summer months, uh, we're going to see a few more announcements of new divisions uh, within our sector. Um, but one of the things I, 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 I wanted to kind of maybe uh, talk a little bit about is the, the engagement that we took with our members when it came to our logo and ultimately the name of our uh, association. And we, we surveyed our members about the name. There, I think there were about five, top five names. And we wanted to get input from our members on it. And uh, we, we heard loud and clear uh, some of them were, were duds, some of them were, were, were good ones, uh, and everything in between. Um, and in fact, what was really interesting is that through that engagement process, there were some subtle changes that we made made to even names that were kind of uh, shortlisted. Um, just to give you an example, um, the name that we, we chose, Canadian Association of Energy Contractors, the acronym was going to be C-A-O-E, sorry, C-A-E-C. And we had some comments from members and they said, you know what would be really good, just try to maintain the same kind of flow as CAODC and keep the O, even though O is, is of as opposed to oil well. So we, we made it CAOEC. And I actually, a lot of people commented, they said, you know, it's actually a lot easier to say that. It's, there's, it's, there's some familiarity to it. So, you know, so th there's some real positive features here of, of getting input from our members and then and then listening and then taking that guidance. And then the last thing is, you know, just the logo where, you know, this was, we needed to get this right, John. And this was something where we took a lot of time socializing some concepts, getting it right, uh, getting feedback and input, and then ultimately moving forward. And, and I think overall, Although I don't think there's been a, uh, I mean, it, there's, we have kind of had a few uh, mistakes along the way, but for the most part, I thought the execution and the process that we took um, brought people along and, um, and, and made people feel comfortable with where we were going. Well, that's fantastic. Thank you very much for joining us and sharing the information uh, about the rebrand. I think a lot of... Uh, Members and listeners were curious as to uh, how it all came about and uh, are excited for the new direction. Um, so thanks very much for joining us on the General Well Servicing CAOEC podcast. We appreciate your time. Great. Thanks, John. Well, that's it for another edition of the General Well Servicing CAOEC podcast. A big thank you to our guests this month. Dennis Day uh, from General Well Servicing, Derek Big Hill from Eagle Sky Ventures, and of course, CAOEC President and CEO Mark Schultz. If you have any feedback for us on the podcast or would like to suggest a guest you would like to hear, please drop us a line at communications at caoec.ca. And if you like the podcast, please share with your friends. Until next month. Keep it turning to the right.